Let's pray. God, my prayer for each one of us that we would ex- is what, that we would experience you anew and afresh today, that your Holy Spirit might be made welcome here, might be made known here, that the words that we say, the prayers that we pray, the songs that we sing have and will be a blessing to you and a celebration of who you are in our lives. God, we pray all of this in Jesus' strong and mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, friends, y'all can have a seat. Have you ever played the game telephone? Yeah? Some people call it passing on or the whisper game. Uh, there's a TV show my kids love called Bluey. Do any of y'all have kids who love Bluey? Okay, right, okay. So um, obviously, I'm a, so I'm a parent. My kids are four and six and a half. And so my immediate reference for this is the whisper game that they play, the pass it on game from that TV show. Um, but I used to play that when I was a kid, too, right? So to play telephone, to play pass it on, you just need a funny message and you need people to share it with. One person has to whisper a message as clearly as possible into the ear of the next person who whispers it to the next person and so on until the last person who gets the message has to say it out loud. And usually what happens is that the message has changed so much in being passed on that it is unrecognizable from how it began, right? And if you're a little stinker, what you do is try to say the, the strangest thing that you can in the first place so that even something even more ridiculous comes out. That's what my kids do. Um, that's what they do in Bluey. Just say something absolutely ridiculous until what comes out is unintelligible. I don't even think I've ever played a game of telephone where what you started with is what you end up with. You, you start silly and you end sillier. Because the words are really tough to understand when the person trying to whisper them in your ear is laughing, right? <laughs> Something almost always gets lost in translation until the message is, is unrecognizable. So words are really funny. They make us laugh. And words are also really strange. They confuse us. They are essential in helping us to relate to one another, helping us to understand one another. Words also help us to convey meaning. We see them written down on a page. Sometimes we see them on a website. If we speak ASL, we see them signed with hands. Whether or not they're spoken or sung aloud, words are strange, and they have incredible power. Because they are, after all, how God chooses to create things. So if you look at page one of the Bible, you look right there in Genesis chapter one, the refrain that we hear over and over again is this, and God, what? Said. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let the waters be gathered together. Let the earth bring forth living creatures. Let humankind be created in our image. God speaks it. And because God speaks it, it was, it is. Or y'all know me, maybe you don't, but I'll tell you something about myself. I'm a big like theology wonk. I'm a big nerd about it. And so here's something that has always ast- like absolutely like astounded me, that words are so powerful in who God is that one of the words that we give to God, the Son, the eternal Christ, is what? Word. The word that we use for him is word. In the beginning was the word. That's what we say in John chapter 1. Just think about that for a minute. We call Jesus Christ the living word, word made flesh. So 
Words are not the only way that human beings connect with one another, but they're one of the best ways. They're one of the, there's few other ways where we can really truly connect with each other. Words unite, they unite people with one another because each of us is a mystery, right? Sometimes we're a mystery to ourselves. Maybe you're in that place today where you're like, well, why did I do that? I don't know. So you're a mystery to yourself and they help the mystery that is me connect with the mystery that is you. Words help people share their hopes and their thoughts and their dreams and their ideas, those things that God has placed inside of us. Words help us share all of that with one another. They help us get what's inside out. So inside our heart, inside our heads, out into the world. They're one of the best ways I know of to find other people who share your same hopes and thoughts and dreams, right? Simply from something that you say on Facebook, all of a sudden you have this instant community of people who loves like the same random cat videos that you love, right? And each of us remembers, we remember what it's like. We remember a time when we shared something about ourselves and we remember what it's like for someone not only to hear us, but also to listen to us, to understand us. We remember that still. It's an incredible feeling to be listened to, to be heard, to be understood. Words unite. They can unite people in faith. One of the reasons that we are here today in this time of worship is so that we can say out loud, so we can pray out loud the things that we think about God. Right? So we, we use words to pray, we use words to sing, we use words to tell other people about what we believe. We pray prayers, we give sermons, we share our testimony, our story. We use words to tell people about who Jesus is for us, and we, we use words to listen to what God is doing in other people's lives. And sometimes, God even uses words from another person to us to call us into a new kind of life. You don't think that there is something for you that God has, but all of a sudden somebody says something to you and, and a new world is opened up. So words can make worlds. Words can make worlds. They can create life. And, and words can divide. This is what happens a lot. I think happens probably more often <laughs> these days. Than, than words creating new life, words dividing. We have all seen, we've all experienced, we have all heard how words divide because words mean different things to different people, right? So sometimes what happens is you say something, but it's not what someone else hears, right? What you say isn't what another person heard you say. The words you used aren't the words that they heard, same word, hearing and speaking, not because you're, you're playing a game of telephone where the object is to make somebody goof up and you're being silly, but because you have fundamentally different ideas of what the word means and what is being said. You're fundamentally different in that way. So just like you know that phrase, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? So sometimes it occurs to me that maybe words are in the ear or the eye of the listener. So we see it happen on the news. We see because of something that someone said one time, something they tweeted, something they got caught saying in an interview, their life changes forever, right? And sometimes that's deserved. Sometimes it's not. Or have y'all ever had an absolutely asinine argument with somebody that you love? Like it is dumb, this argument that you have, right? You said one thing, they heard you say another thing, you said, how could you say that? 
and they say, that's not what I said. And then they, you say, well, then what did you say? And you said, I said this. And around and around, no, it's just me. That's fine. It's just me. Okay. <laughs> and now you're not talking to each other at all for 10 days and you're sleeping in separate bedrooms, which is ironic because talking it out is the only way you're ever going to make up, right? Each of us can think of a time when we shared using our words, but we weren't listened to. When we weren't really understood. We remember what it feels like for our words to land in a way that we didn't intend. Maybe it had some serious consequences for us. Maybe we hurt that relationship. Or if it's professional, we lost the account. Or maybe we even, we were hurt ourselves by what we said. We remember how it feels to not be understood. Each of us can think of a time when we heard words spoken, when we read words on a page, we didn't really listen, we didn't really understand what was being said. We can think of a time when we made a snap judgment about a whole person based on a few seconds of their life. We can remember a time where we think we heard, we understood what was being passed on. We understood who the person was because of their words, but we didn't understand really, did we? And some of us, we even remember that time with regret. It's really tough to understand another person, right? If you live with other people in some capacity, you will know they're almost always going to remain a mystery. Even people that you really know really well and even when you are speaking the same literal language, right? So if you all speak Farsi, or you all speak English or Spanish or Hindi, and it's even more difficult when you add a language different than your own into the mix. I'm sure if there was like a trained linguist who was here preaching, they'd be able to say a little bit more about that. But suffice it to say, words make worlds. Words make worlds. And words also unmake them. So I invite you to turn now in your scripture um, to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I read the first part at the beginning of the worship service, and I'm going to read the rest now. Um, so if you have your Bible with you, or you read your Bible on your phone, or you can just listen to what God is, um, God is saying to you. This is um, starting at verse 5. Now, there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound of the wind and the speaking, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue, the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya that belong to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, and our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does it mean? So I mentioned at the beginning of worship, today is Pentecost. Today is the day when God gives Jesus' followers the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today is the day that the church that we know it began. And I am sure that a lot has been lost in translation between that first Pentecost over, over 2,000 years ago and today. But here's what we think we know. 
So let's just, like, let's tell the Acts story again. So remember, if you weren't here last Sunday, no big deal. You can catch up online. The podcast is out as well. Last Sunday was Ascension Sunday. And so what that means is Jesus ascends into heaven, right? So Jesus' followers witness him being ascended into heaven, and he's now at the right hand of God the Father. And after that, they find uh, the disciples. We didn't read this part last week, but this is what happens between last week and this week. Um, They find a new 12th disciple because Judas, he didn't work out so good. That was a joke. He's not not great. And so now they're all together in one house. There's There's all of them. There's at least 120 people, we think. These are serious, committed followers of Jesus. It's pre-COVID. And they've, that was another joke. Um, And they've packed the place out. They're really tight in there. And then all of a sudden, what Jesus promised happens. So remember, we talked about Jesus has promised the Holy Spirit. And we talked about last week that one of the things that sometimes God calls us to do is wait and just to trust that God is going to be faithful to the promises that God has made. And so, so God is faithful and the Holy Spirit comes. Have y'all ever been to Kosai and gotten in that, that hurricane winds tunnel? Okay, or you've been to another one like that, you like pay $5 to hear a lot of noise. <laughs> okay, so think about the loudest wind sound you have ever heard. Maybe you were unfortunate enough to like have survived a hurricane. Think about that, and then like multiply it times a thousand. And that is probably what it sounded like in this house, because the scripture says it's like a rush of a violent wind. So there's wind everywhere inside. And the disciples look around, and all of a sudden, there's a little tiny ball of fire resting on each person who's in the house. Sometimes in ancient, like, mosaics, you see this depicted as there's a little flame on each top, on each person's head. It's like they're little human Bic lighters, you know? So the Holy Spirit fills these people. And what's the first thing that happens when they're filled with the Spirit? Words. Words are the first thing that happens coming out of their mouths before they know what they are saying. They start speaking in languages that are not their own language, and they can do this because of the Holy Spirit. So they're in this house. Words in other languages are pouring out of these believers. And now, I don't know about you, but when I get a little bit bewildered by what is happening, sometimes I get louder than I normally am, which is already pretty loud. (laughs) So maybe they're shouting a little bit about God in a language that they don't normally speak, right? So let's just imagine that's happening. And Pentecost is a spring festival in the Jewish tradition. So there's all these people from different lands living in Jerusalem, and none of them speak the same language, but they all have the same faith tradition. They're from all different places, and they're speaking all these languages, and all of a sudden, they hear new words about God in their own language, which was probably a new experience for them. This hadn't happened to them before. And they were hearing like words about who God is and what God had done and what God was still going to do and about the power that God had, like what God could do. So there's at least, if you count it in the scripture that I just read for you, there's at least 15 different languages that people hear. So if you are fortunate to have been able to travel somewhere outside the United States where English isn't spoken, has anybody had that experience before? What do you do when you are abroad and you hear English spoken? You kind of perk up, don't you? You kind of get excited. You look around in the restaurant and you try to find who's talking. Maybe you're embarrassed because they're like loud Americans, but maybe you're not. Maybe you just get excited. You don't openly eavesdrop, but you definitely pay attention. 
So I have to imagine that that's what's happening here. I have to imagine that word gets around Jerusalem about this house full of people shouting about God in a bunch of different languages, and all of a sudden there's crowds of thousands of people around the house. And these crowds are super confused because they're like, aren't these dudes Galileans? Like, how do I understand them? Is it a trick? Am I being punked? What does this mean? Because not only could they hear what was being said, they could also understand it. And this is what astonishes them, that they could hear and they could understand. Nobody needs an interpreter. Nobody needs a 15-person game of telephone. They just, they understand. Their confusion then makes them want to keep paying attention. And now some people think, oh, they're just drunk. Like, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. They've been hitting the sauce for a little too long. It's just like a coincidence that the disciples are suddenly fluent in a bunch of languages that they didn't know five minutes ago. But it's not a coincidence. It's the Holy Spirit. Because only the Holy Spirit could do what happens next. And I didn't read this part, but what happens next is this, because it's really long. You can go home and read it later. Peter, the apostle Peter, he gets up and he starts sharing such convincing words about Jesus that three, like there's over 3,000 people who have gathered around this house to listen and over 3,000 people who have, who have gathered to listen are baptized. Now, I don't think that's the all-time conversion record. Maybe Billy Graham has a one-up on the apostle Peter, but I bet it's pretty close. These people said yes to Jesus. And they said yes to Jesus because they were thinking maybe if God could make it possible for thousands of people simultaneously to hear the good news about Jesus in their own languages with familiar words, what else could God do? Like if God can do this, what can't God do? And, and God does so many incredible things on Pentecost, friends. You just read the story. It's just an awesome story. There's a fire that doesn't burn. There's a wind that doesn't destroy or sweep away. But of all the times I have read this story, and we read it every single year on Pentecost, I've never noticed this particular miracle, which is the understanding. The understanding, the listening. People on that first Pentecost listened and understood. And that is no small thing. That is an incredible gift. I really do think it's a miracle. It's, it's a great gift to be understood. It's a great gift to understand. It's a great gift to listen. It's a great gift to be listened to. It is a miracle to find that the barriers you thought were there all your life all of a sudden have vanished, that they just aren't there anymore. It's a miracle to discover that the things that you thought divided you from them us and them, that those barriers are just gone. And I certainly encounter this in the world around me today, that we let a lot divide us. We let a lot divide us. There's a lot of things that divided believers back in the day when Jesus was around, and there's a lot that divides us now. Because we have really different understandings, don't we, on abortion, and on policing, and on the environment. We have different understandings on gun ownership. Heck, we have different understandings on COVID, like what we should be doing. And so sometimes what happens is the words that we use to have these important conversations, they get in the way of us listening to one another, understanding one another, and understanding the story underneath how that person got to where they are. We have these different lived experiences, right? 
We come from different places. Not all of us are from central Ohio. We identify with different cultures and we have different races and different genders and identities. We have different amounts of money in the bank. I could go on. And our differences can be barriers. It can be really tough to speak across those barriers and it can be tougher still to understand and to be understood to have someone who is different from you understand you, to understand someone who is different from you. So this is a story from a long time ago, and it's also a story for us today. Because we live in a world where our words are often toxic. Our words are often toxic to one another. We have lost the ability to speak a word of life, a word of hope into the life of another person. And instead what happens is words divide us and they destroy us. We speak and we aren't listened to. We hear, but we don't do the work to understand. I just, I know this is true in my life, so I I would imagine that it's true in yours too. And so I think that the difference here, the change, the call that God issues followers of Jesus is this, is to learn to speak and understand differently. To speak and understand differently. Unless you think that's some kind of pipe dream, you just look at Acts chapter 2, you look, look at the early church, because the Holy Spirit makes it possible for believers who encounter barriers to seek to listen to one another, to actually understand one another. Possible to listen and actually understand real, honest listening. Not just waiting for your turn to talk again in the conversation. Like, is it, oh, is it my turn? Oh, they're still talking. Okay, great. I have something I want to say. I'm not actually listening to what they're saying. I just, I just want to tell my story. Real, honest understanding. Not just, like, gathering info on someone so that you can use it later for something else. It's possible to discover a common humanity. Maybe even, dare I say, a friendship with a person who is different from you, a friendship that transcends the barriers that you encounter the first time you meet. The Spirit makes it possible to do tough work. And listen, I'm not trying to be all sunshine up here. This is real tough. This is really tough stuff. It's tough to remember that you have two ears and one mouth. It's tough to ask more questions than you give answers. It's tough to leave an interaction full of another person's words and not empty of your own. It's tough. And it's also really brave. Really brave to go beyond your comfort zone. It's really brave to be willing to have a real conversation with someone who is different from you when you cannot manage the outcome. We can manage outcomes in almost every area of our lives, right? We can figure out a way to make exactly what we want to have happen, happen. And you don't get to do that in conversations with somebody who's different from you. It's brave to get closer to someone rather than further away. It's brave to go into a conversation when you're not exactly sure what to say. It's brave to admit that you don't have all the answers, to say, I'm still learning, I don't have it all figured out. It's brave to give your words away to somebody else, to trust that that they're not going to do something bad with them, somebody who doesn't see things your way. It's brave to drop your preconceived notions and to drop your cherished arguments and your defenses, your excuses and your rebuttals, like, what about, and yeah, but it's hard to do all that. It's brave. 
to dis suspend your disbelief, to opt for wonder at the miracle that is happening in a conversation with another person. Brave to widen your circle, to welcome into your life a stranger who speaks your words, but with an accent. So this work is tough, it's brave, and it's also really, really faithful. It's faithful to trust that no matter how awkward or uncomfortable or inadequate or maybe honestly like even silly you feel, the listening, the understanding, the words are important because the person is important to God. What did we sing in that song just a few minutes ago? Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. So it's easy to read these one-time Bible stories like Pentecost and to believe that they're a one-time occurrence, right? We read them once a year, it happened way back in the day, it doesn't happen anymore. Like little tongues of fire aren't going to come and rest on our heads in this space any old day. It's probably not going to happen. And that's, that's accurate. Miracles don't usually happen in the same way twice. So this specific scenario probably isn't going to happen in this church but what happened on that first Pentecost does not need to be a one-time thing. There's a difference. Just because it's not going to happen the same way twice doesn't mean it can't ever happen again. God can still open ears to break down barriers. It's rare these days, but it doesn't need to be. Pentecost shows us that these barriers between us and them are not actually insurmountable because something happens when we hear and we actually listen, when we actually see another person's words and we see beneath them, we experience their heart. Because something happens, we come in with a different perspective. We have to trust someone else's perspective. We might still disagree with the other person's opinions and beliefs at the end of the conversation, that's okay, we can never disagree with their experience, how they got to where they are, their story. And then what happens when we have a real conversation where understanding happens is that their story becomes part of our own. And we understand that, that God's great deeds of power that God does through the Holy Spirit cannot be contained in one person's life, in one person's words, in one person's language, in one person's story. In the face of difference, when we encounter difference, God invites us, even compels us to go closer, not further away, to retreat, not engage. So the question that remains for us is this, what might it be like for those of us who follow Jesus to become courageous enough? What it might it be like for those of us who follow Jesus to become courageous enough to make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit, who is still working and moving among us even today, to make our lives available to the Spirit, to invite the Spirit to lead us and to work through us. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. What I think might happen is that our words and how we use them will change. Like a different game of telephone. Our words are gonna change. I think we will listen better. I think our understanding will grow. And I think we might discover that the things which divide us need not separate us. Things that divide us need not separate us. I think what might result if we are courageous enough to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit is that the world might look more like the kingdom of God. That's what I hope for, and that's what I pray for. So may the Holy Spirit still move among us, church. Amen.